There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, 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 we know that two guys have punched their tickets to race for the Bill France Championship Trophy next week at Phoenix. Christopher Bell rings the proverbial bell to be raced for that championship. Uh, I had an interesting day, had some radio woes that we will get into, taking our top 10 car and just kind of falling behind. Uh, Pit road boats and woes, as you guys know, Kyle Larson left a beach on the front stretch. We're going to dig into that with some in-car camera and break down that woe as well. We are presented by Mobile One today. Hope you guys buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another installment of Stacking Pennies. I am Corey the Joy, driver of the number seven Chevy Camaro, joined by my two buddies. To my right, Danielle Trotta. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. You're very festive. You look like a pumpkin spice yes. latte right now. Perfect. I match the walls in here. You do? Might not be a good thing. That's okay. But We're in a pumpkin-shaded yeah, sweater. Very on trend. Yes. October. To my left, round of eight. Come on. Competing front tire changer for the 12 Ford Mustang Rambling and Ryan Flores. Hopefully round of four. Championship round. One more week till we find out. You guys have as good a shot as any, but it's going to be a dog fight. You got to be a dog. You're going to be down there. That's right. You going to be a dog or what? I ain't going to be a cat. Meow. I'm allergic to cats. Good. And shellfish. And shellfish. <laughs> Actually allergic to cats. I'll break down my day real quick. We fired off. Uh, we had a really strong car. Qualified 20th, which it's good now that we're to the point as a team where we are aggra- aggravated about qualifying 20th. It wasn't very long ago. We were like, hell yeah, 20th. We're going to freaking win the race today. Uh, there was a bit of a somber atmosphere after qualifying. Thought we could have been a little better, but we were in the hunt. You think you missed it? Or do you think the missed the air pressure? Or what, like, why do you think you should have been better? Yeah, I uh, felt like we could have been. We were hoping for a second round. Left about, I left a little bit out there. Our, the balance of our car was a little bit too tight, you know, and just every little minute detail now shows up more when you're in that ninth to 16th range, right? You have to be on the on the good side of it. And you have to make every uh, adjustment and every, even, you know, preference to your driving style. You have to make sure those things all are dialed in. And we missed it a little bit, but at, we're going to continue to grow our notebook. Dropped the rag, and we were really good. We drove to 11th, and I'm like, oh, damn, we're going to drive to the lead. Tell them we're coming. Watch out. Dale Jr. did on the broadcast. Yeah, I mean. He was giving y'all some love. I wasn't even needing to really run the fence because the, the fence hadn't really come in yet. I was running the middle to lane three, three and a half, and was just mowing guys down. I'm like, did I eat my Wheaties this morning, or what the hell happened? I think come to find out those guys started off their balances a bit freer anticipating the track to go tight. I still thought we still had a decent amount of adjustability in our car. End of the first stage, I think we finished 13th in the stage, and I went to go relay the message of, I'm starting to lose a little front turn here. Let's try to get in front of it. And I looked down, and my radio button was broken three pieces. So we raced the rest of the day with no radio button. So it was like old school Richard Petty, hand on the roof for tight, hand on the the door for loose and just we went we weren't able to stay in front of it uh the track swung really hard two three numbers to the tight side and the direction that sparks went i couldn't relate to him hey like taking rounds out of left rear is not making this thing any better and he could see on smt i was tight just by base off my steering wheel input but as we continued to take left rear rounds out it got the car free in and free off so we lost our advantage so we went from a 13th place car, 12th place car, to a the next run we're a 15th place car, and next run we're 18th place car. Those guys kept making their stuff incrementally better, and we just, by not making it better, we were essentially making it worse relative to everybody we were competing against. And that's just how small the freaking margins are, man. When when you can't communicate and make your car better, talk it out 
what direction you want to go, whether you want to do in the right side, left side, air pressure, um, you're going to get leapfrogged. So that was frustrating. It's just always something, right? It's just we need to clean those up. And I think that's some little things as a company we're going to try to get better at. But it was super encouraging to have that type of pace, one of the better mile and a halfs that we've had. And unfortunately, we didn't have the results show for it. But it was only push to talk, though, right? You could hear your spotter. Yeah. You could hear sparks. Yep. You just couldn't. You you couldn't talk. Yeah, it was like, hey, wiggle your car if you want a water bottle this pit stop. No. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's what they say? Yeah. Or like, hey, pull it off the wall under green. Hey, pull it off the wall if you're loose. You know, like, like that. Yeah, you got to do I mean, we yeah. did it. When we won the 99th with Blaney at Pocono, that's how we had to communicate everything. Yeah. Because uh, they, they lost the radio, and it was like, hand on the roof, hand on the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a. That's like the you got you had the old Truex button in there. Yeah. When you get hit, not working. I could just scream, "Damn it!" and nobody hears me. (sighs) Is that a lonely place to be? It is a very lonely place to be. Surprisingly, more more lonely than usual. It's usually a pretty lonely place, even though you talk to your friends, because my friends could talk to me and I couldn't talk back. (sighs) Damn it. Yeah. But it was fun. Homestead's an awesome track. Gives you a lot of options. You're slipping and sliding around. Tire fall off was big. I think it was. Over two seconds, obviously you got guys ripping the fence, you got guys running off the fence, and you have somebody like Christopher Bell, playoff contender, round of eight. Who saw that coming? Is a lap down in the way, and they have just the depth of that team, right? They have engineers back at the shop. They're running countless different models of simulation with air pressure, wedge combinations to change the platform of the car. You get him a good pit stop or two, you get him some track position. Next thing you know, that thing gets clean air and he's off to the races. Uh, you go from a guy lap down to a couple, couple uh, adjustments away from catching a break. Um, you know, with a couple right right time cautions, a couple good yellows, and you are racing for another championship, which is pretty bizarre. But you guys had a solid day overall. Led some laps. Was the measuring stick to a Kyle Larson barreling into the barrels? That was interesting to watch. Yeah, I thought we were like before the race we were right on the grid in front of the four car and a couple of four guy car guys came over and were like, Hey, you guys got the car to beat. Like I've been watching that. Like, don't. yeah, they basically said, uh, don't f- this up. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, thanks for the valve confidence. Y'all are the, you are P one. And I think 15, 20, 25 lap average too. You guys were, which average, was our, which was practice. our, you know, which is great. But that was kind of our downfall at Vegas too. Is like, we needed a long run and we just didn't get a super long run there at the end. But yeah, he was, when we, won the second stage like is it worth digging into or at least elaborating on what is it makes a long run car versus a short run car do the fans generally understand that uh, i don't think no, it, i don't like, think i mean do. i mean the easy answer is air pressure right air but pressure and overall stiffness of the car so if you make the car stiffer it creates heat in the tires faster which gives you a more fire off pace early for four or five laps but you give it up on the back end because the car is not as compliant and you're a little bit harsher on the tires particularly at a place like homestead like we saw the 12 was probably a little more compliant, a little softer dampers, a little less body control. And after the end of a 15, 20, 30 lap run, his car has beaten the tires up less than somebody else that's stiffer and have a probably a more rigid platform. Short track that's the guys, layman, that's the layman's term. Though. Short track guys would say more wedge fires off better, less wedge. Yeah, a little more, a little more, a uh, little bit more in depth than in that, depth than yeah. that. But yes, I don't know if you can speak to this, but I feel like this is exactly what. Joey Logano was hoping for is this kind of playoff run. Yeah. And he said at the start of the playoffs, like obviously Penske was down on speed. Everybody knew it. Joey was like, I just hope to survive the first two rounds. And then by that point home, Penske finds something in the round of eight. Yeah. Happened to you guys. That's exactly what, you know, his hope was. Yeah. Hope, hope to survive. And then we can make our cars better by then. And I think there was a lot of hard conversations that went on at our shop. Obviously I'm not privy to any of that, but they dug deep and they've they've made some big strides in a short amount of time. You know, it's kind of like when the nine car wasn't very good all year and then they won the championship. So, but you know, we go to Martinsville place. I don't think we ran particularly well in the spring, but this race was was pretty impressive for Blaney to put it up against the fence and he he did a good job. I mean, when we drove up there and passed Larson at the end of the second stage, that's something that you really I think pride yourself on in the playoffs is like we've gotten in every stage this round we've gotten points. And not just like ten, like one point. Like we've gotten stage points, and that was a fifty-seven point effort of a day, which is Ooh. you know a, a big day. But obviously, you want to win, right? You want more. And we got lucky. We're lucky the five car hit the barrels when he did, because I think a lot of people didn't see it. But 
When I came to the left side on that stop, the left front lug nut cross-threaded. So I had to back it off and then put it back on. So it was a 16-second stop. So that would have, I mean, we would have probably lost three spots there. Uh, so it was like kind of a... Blessing in disguise for sure because... Yeah, huge blessing in disguise. Now, had you guys not have the live mics where you can scream, hey, 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 what happens in an instance like that? It, you know, you can see them get shipped quite a bit like that. That that nut would have came right off. Like it, it just stopped and I was like, whoa. But it was like kind of knew the situation right and this is where just being a veteran is good because see like it was crazy standing there because we were in like 27 so you're watching them come to the pit road so it's kind of a cat and mouse game because if the five car pits they cut you cut pitch you pits a lap shorter they view, flip you they're going to be in front of you and that you know if your race goes green that cycle is going to cycle that that's going to end the race so we're like listening. We're all we're ready for like ten laps. Like we're ready to go. Just be ready to pit this thing. And they're like down the back stretch. I guess they must have heard the five car like bring it. And yeah. they're like come this time right now. So we're watching it, and I see the five like close up. And and the five we've talked about this. The five has been in position. Like he he put the nine car in position. I think Atlanta a couple of years ago where he just will kind of do that bonsai move. And if he gets through our quarter, he's further down pit road. So say he's in pit stall 15 and we're in 27. If he's on inside of us, we have to lift, let him go by and then get underneath him. Yeah. So Which I think be, that that's would, essentially passing him. It's a badass move. Yeah. If you can pull it off, but it looked like, you know, Larson knows that the urgency is up. So he tries to close that gap, but sitting there on pit road, I'm like, Oh, he's coming in. Oh, he ain't going to make it. I was like, Holy shit. He hit the barrels. But then like my brain goes, okay, we're past the commitment line, pit this thing. Cause everybody's like, what do we do? I'm like, pit at Omaha. Yeah. So we pit it and like we get right away. Josh says like Denny's in turn leaders in turn one. Yeah. So like, okay, we have about 30 seconds. And then he said during the stop, he, Denny lifted, which means you have even more time. Mm. So like Zach Price is like the right rear quarter. Cause he hit us and it separated the quarter panel and the crush panel. He's like, we got damage. So he tried to fix it. And then I come to the left side and I'm like, it was kind of chaos on the radio because I'm like, no, 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 no. And Zach's looking at Hassler going, the right rear's got damage. And it, like <laughs> everybody was like, this is f***ing system <laughs> overload here. But we were able to fix it and uh, and go on. And no one, I mean, dude, if that would have happened under green, I would have NASCAR Twitter. Blaney Twitter would have had my ass. Well, good thing for you, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, there's nothing, and there's nothing you can do there, right? There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing you can do, but that's just where – and all that's in the span of about 11.5. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, that's where be doing this stuff for a long time. You understand the rules when pit roads open, when it's not like listen to see where the, where the car is that's leading. Cause that, you know, if you don't make it out past that car, then you're tail end. Cause you have to take the wave. So yeah. And then, you know, Blaney to, he did a great job. The 20 car just came out of nowhere and fired off better. You know who didn't do a great job? Who? Kyle's close call of the week. I mean, it would have been great if he made it, right? Like, I feel like I, at first glance, we there's, talked about it. I think it, there's right? a couple things here. He, it looked like he was kind of going for the highlight reel, Kyle Larson. But when I go back and watch SMT, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that about him. But I think it was probably 20% more aggressive because he knew the stakes. I think he did probably take into consideration he's already racing for a championship Phoenix. He doesn't have to hit a fairway drive. You can go choke up and try to get on the green at a par four, right? Swing away. Oh, bring out the bring out the three wood. Tip. Bring out the big stick. And he tried to bring out the big stick on this pit road entry because this potentially, if it plays out green, could be the race if that five car flips the twelve. It's going driver. Run off the, the tape. Driver off the deck here. In car camera with Kyle Larson down the back stretch. Cliff's told Kyle, we're gonna pit this lap. Come this time. <laughs> Need a good one. So they obviously call the twelve down. You're trying to wrap the line. Right now you have zero grip in your tires. For the viewers at home, you're just sliding four-wheel slide. Gets it down here. Oh, oh, oh. Locks it right from time. Oh, no. Barrels. It's easy to sit there on the couch and say what you should have done different, could have done different. I don't people. I don't think people realize how dirty pit road entry is there. It's, it's super sandy. And you're also on 30, 35 lap tires. So you're trying to woe the car down under brake. And every time you hit the brake, the car is just getting a little more out of control. And the combination of the 12 car being there, that extra car length worth of slowing down that Kyle anticipated didn't he didn't have, locked the right front tire up, and ended his day, which isn't that big of a detriment, right? I actually think it's a good thing. Why? I know that sounds weird, but like Cliff and Kyle were chippy, like kind of going at each other a little bit. Prior to this or after? 
yeah, when he was battling Suarez at the end of stage two and kind of fell off a cliff. And what he no finished? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. What did Cliff say? Cliff was like, Kyle said something about, you know, when he was like battling Suarez there and neither one were cutting each other any room. And was the 99, 99 was lapped down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was getting lapped. Okay. Yeah. He was really fighting it. Yeah. And so, like, Cliff came on the radio a few laps later. He's like, What's going on, bud? Or something like, What's going on with the car? Are you falling off? He's like, Me and Migo ran the shit out of me. And Cliff came on and said, Well, you let him back in. So I kind of disagree with that, but we'll let it go, I guess. And Kyle came on the radio and said, I think we all need to calm down. Let's Ooh. reset. And then it went, Kyle. Like, oh. Kyle taking the leadership oh. role. People were, because people on, I didn't have the scanner open, but like Twitter were like, Oh, damn. Kyle and Cliff just turned into Truex and James Small. Like, Or is that a little Jimmy Chad? Circa, or a little Jimmy you know, Chad. Circa yeah. 2008. Yeah. <sighs> and then this happened. I just feel like you don't learn as a team when everything's going great. For sure. You learn as a team when everything's going to shit. And if they had a race where it all could shit the bed, like to your point earlier, this was the place to do it. They'll well, come back stronger. Well, you also go in there if you're the five car, whether it's driver, whether it's Cliff. With the expectation, like, just give us the trophy and y'all are racing for second, right? Because as good as Kyle Larson's been there his whole career, when your expectations are that high and it's not going exactly how you want it to go or you feel like you're leaving a little bit on the table, whether Cliff thinks Kyle cut Suarez a break, whatever the instance is, right? Then you give up a stage win to the 12. That's where, because you expect to just absolutely dominate and the field's kept the gap a little bit closer than it had been previous years get a little chippy yeah yeah you well go. or you can just say that they're expecting and and the best out of each other right just you're pushing each other to become but then another, you look at this champion. later in the race and kyle took total blame for it and felt horrible that he even caused you guys any damage to the car and obviously took himself out of the race and then there was a photo surfacing post-race cliff gathered the troops that's a that he come from the 14 team, and that's a Darian Grubb thing, something he started. So they do that Is every week. Is that a typical drive? Okay, that's so that's what, a, we every did week. It f 12 years ago on the 14 car, Darian Grubb would do that. It was If you're on the same plane, this is just for everybody that knows how race teams work. If the road crew and the pit crew are on the same plane, the road crew loads the truck up and the pit crew usually leaves. Well, then there could be a quarrel about what seats people get on the plane. So what we used to do on the 14 car back in the day was everybody would stay and help load the truck – and then we'd shut the gate, talk about the day, and we'd all go to the airplane. And that's something that Cliff has kept because, like, we fly, Penske, we fly on two separate planes. So it's pit crew plane, road crew plane. But that's something that kind of, hey, let's not be in a rush to get out of here. We, we don't come to the racetrack to leave. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of teams that go to the racetrack and they're worried about getting the best parking spot and get back to the airplane as fast as they can. Like, that's a real thing. But that's, like, that, that's what that is. So I know Cliff is a good leader, and he's won a couple kickball championships. But I heard – He's so it's not often, though. I mean, how many how many of those Darren Grub meetings does Tony Stewart stick around for? Tony Stewart was in a way <laughs> different part of his career than Kyle Larson is. Yeah, but yeah, no, I know. Like Larson, Larson hung out and was there, and I, I feel like, dude, if you have your tail between your legs as a driver, you're gonna go and face your team, right? Yeah. That's that's what strong guys do. Yeah, like strong. That's what that's what strong-willed people do. But I, man, for me, like when we won Talladega and we went to the roll the next week, it was like, all right, hey, I'm pit road. Just don't. Ha we don't want to have any meetings about the pit crew this week. Like, just don't lose forward momentum. Get the wheels on it. Nobody gets suspended. Let's not, let's not like be in the news at all. Yeah. Right? The last thing you want to do is hurt confidence. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, that's a trap. But like Kyle Larson, he races so much and hell, he went and went, bought the all-stars this week, the all-star circuit champion yeah. from Tony Stewart. So he did, he gets it. Yeah. He bought yeah, the high limit, bought the all-star circuit champion. So like, he's got enough going on to where like he went, I feel like he's the type of guy where like he gets a, he gets the homestead. He flies into Miami, and he's like, "All right, this is highlight real Kyle Larson. Like, I'm gonna put it on the fence like I do at Eldora, and everybody's gonna watch this. I'm gonna sell out of t-shirts, and that's what he was doing. That's what he was going for, and it just didn't, you know. In this instance, I'll, I think they're gonna be fine. Yeah, I, they're they're absolutely gonna be. fine. But like the one I worry about was Reddick because it was supposed to be like you know the Larson Reddick show, LeBron Kobe, you know, like supposed to be and it wasn't like it just wasn't i mean larson was dominating the day until he had his issue but like reddick was a non-factor i mean he wasn't he bad. was fast at the end but like he got he third you can is only not get so... indicative of where he ran no, all he day was... he got no, better but he got like yeah. he lost a little bit of track position on pit road 
and then he got he would get back up there but then stall out yeah because and i don't know if it's the car or what but like it seemed like more people could run the fence that's exactly what he said better than what they could in the past like before the old car it was those two well now you have the simulator and you can just create crank out thousands of laps and you have smt so you see what they're doing yeah oh okay wait they're lifting soon okay that's okay this is what they're using more brake pressure earlier in the corner and slowing your mince moving your min speed down yeah like i i worked on it for six hours right for two weeks surely those guys that have an open appointment can just go in the simulator and if they wanted to work on running the fence at home so they can go work on it for 12 hours a week if they want to no secrets anymore no secrets anymore he also said he sucked on restarts he's like the the combination killed me it was it was really line dependent on restarts it seemed like i know that what i liked was like denny and lambert going back and forth lambert's like dude inside's three to one you know like this is where we need to pick and denny got into like on old tires, top might be better. On new tires, the bottom might be better. But like, and then, and then like Ryan got frustrated with Denny. If there's one thing, and you know it, you know it for Michigan. If there's one thing that Ryan hates, he'll, he'll it's half-ass out. sliders. He'll, well, he'll also hang it out there too on your rear quarter. And it, yeah, it's it's almost like yeah, same situation with Denny that I was in with him in Michigan. You feel like you're cutting him a break by not just completely throwing a, a tight slide job on him, but then he wants to put on your door even tighter and then put you in a bad arrow spot. Yeah, and then get out and call you a hack, right? So I've been I've been on the receiving end of that as well. So it's like, okay, I'm so, sure Denny is not going to throw another half-ass slide job on the twelve again. That's just how it works. It's like, okay, you want to call it out on national television or to some guy on the front stretch, like the next slide job won't be a half-assed one. It'll be a committed one. Oh, good. Then we can cross them back up and go underneath them instead of, you pulling, can't cross, e- no, instead of pulling each other back Well, down. no, you like, if you try to do it right, you just try to put your right rear bumpers on the guy's left front headlight and not let him get out there. Hey, look, he was raised by a World Outlaw champion, and the one thing World Outlaw guys hate is a half-assed slide jobs. No so doubt. So it's passed down three generations to him <laughs> where From he does not like half-assed slide jobs. <laughs> yes. To Ryan. That's it. Don't half-ass slide Ryan Blaney. He's going to be mad about it. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less robbing you and every other hardworking American. You can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with physical precious metals. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y to 989-898. With an A-plus rating with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. Big flip of the script with terms of playoff favorites with apparently the parts malfunction in the 11. Where was he running? Second? A third or third or fourth. Call it third. And goes in there, grabs a downshift, and she hangs right and ends up ending the 11's day. Don't know what broke besides traction. Traction broke, um, sent the 11 car in to below the cut line. That's where it sent him. It's none of my business, and I don't care what happened or if he had a mistake or what. But for someone who was as vocal as he was about the schedule, if a NASCAR mandated part broke, I figured he'd be pretty vocal about that if that ruined his I think that day. So it's been like a podcast would have dropped on a Sunday night. Yeah, it's like been an awkward week of Instead what he's of a been talking Tuesday about. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's who knows. That's on them. What well, we don't know is this: 
What we do know is this. Denny knows how to get around Martinsville, and he's not going to have a choice. That's what I'm saying. Like, Reddick's out, and I love Reddick to de- death, but – He hasn't run – He, shot, he had two shots. Yep. He was like – he called his shot at Vegas, didn't happen. His last best chance, in my opinion, was Homestead. Denny and Truex are too good there. Blaney is showing up every week. He's got – he scores like – I think it's something – And Byron's too high, high above the points. cut. Like, He's Byron's going to clinch in the second stage. So, you have four guys fighting for I've got a, one spot. I've got a fun fact for you. Let's hear it. Hot take? No. Lukewarm? No. It's just a fun fact oh, for trivia. Okay. Stack of pennies trivia. Okay. Do you know what Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson have in common? Well, a couple things. Yeah. You, Can you narrow it down? Uh, in terms of Martinsville. Uh, they've won a lot of races there. The nine? What? How many have they won? A lot. A shit load. There's a lot of ding dong and grandfather clocks in both there. Uh-huh. Jeff said he can't keep them in the house. Ingrid doesn't like it. It doesn't match the de- decor. I I could agree that the shade of the shade of brown doesn't quite match. We have one in our dining room, and I'm trying to get rid of it. Not rid of it, but like How just moved. Dare you moved to the man cave? Stop I'm it! I'm losing. You put yours in the front of the house in the dining room. I too. don't have a man cave, so it has to go in, in the, the house. dining room. Yeah. What did they have in common? Come and wind my clock. They <laughs> they both they both have won at Martinsville after. The last time Denny Hamill won at Martinsville. Oh, so Denny hasn't won there in a long time. Yeah. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I guess I framed my question. Nothing really gets dumb. by yeah. us. Yeah, so two <laughs> guys that are retired. Yeah, so he, what's it been? A couple of years since? March of 15. So I don't. Truex look, has eight. won like three of the last eight, look, but I didn't realize it had been that long since Denny had done it. If you look back at what Martinsville is, right, it's almost, the last race was almost a fuel mileage race. I don't know what it's going to be this time. I don't, I don't think that anybody will know until practice, but. Different tire. If right side tires come into play, it's going to be just a mix. It's not going to be a, a straight up, yeah. you know, like straightforward four tires pit when the caution comes out. Yeah. It's not going to be that. You could get running the green flag pit stops, which opens a can of worms for everybody. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. The 11 was very good here in the spring. I know they led a bunch of laps, but being 17 back, unless, you know, the, the reason that we had a 27-point swing on the day is because the 11 and the 19 both had, yeah. you know, failures and we maximize stage points. So unless the 24, just their car starts on fire on the grid before the race, they should move right on and be fine. The scary part is, you know, the, that last spot, that last spot, dude, yeah. it's going to be, I like I your chances though. I'm not Busher, gassing but you I'm count- Well, like I don't count. Busher Busher he Red- won Richmond. Hang on a second. He finished behind me at Homestead. <laughs> Hey, Him and I were racing our ass off. One because I, I actually felt bad. He's been been on the show. I think he's like one of the on the short list of like normal race car drivers. Like go out and like shovel some cow shit and just show up. Like yeah, you're a big busher guy. Big busher guy. So everybody within Spire Motorsports. So we, I'll get on down a rabbit rabbit hole for a second. We broke down the season, excluded the Daytona 500. We broke down the season in seven five race mini seasons and like had these objectives to hit within each one. average qualifying position, percentage of laps completed, overall points earned, and average finish. And if our average finish is above 20th for every five-race block. Pizza party. Pizza party on Wednesdays, but also everybody gets like 500 bucks or another paycheck or something like that. So we've hit two out of the – three out of the seven. So I wanted to make – I was 20th, and I'm like, I'm doing this one for the boys back at the shop. I don't care if you're in the playoffs. I hate it for you, pal. If you were 8th, 19th, and 18th, I'd give it to you. But I'm keeping 20th for the boys back at the shop. So I raced his ass off. He was probably like, what is this guy doing? Racing me like it's the last lap of the championship. <laughs> like I'm Carl Edwards and Tony Stewart. His beard. Did you see his beard this weekend? Sorry, Chris. For 20th. There's a video of him doing I have that. a reason. I, it's, I'm not going to You should have told him after the race. There was, dude. I'm like, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. I had to do it for the yeah. boys back at the show. Did you see his beard's getting a little bit longer? Yeah. He looks, so that my neighbor is a guy that trains Santa Clauses. And I'm like, if what? Chris gets a little, yeah, that's what my neighbor has a school for Santa Claus people. Wow. And I was like, man, looking wow. at Chris Boucher in a couple years, I should probably give him his number. Because he looks like he's on his way to be Holly and Jolly with that long beard. I was like, he Once could, he goes he's gray, got rosy right? cheeks. Yeah. I'm like, he could. Hey, you in his up. later years. I don't think that's a compliment. I wouldn't say that to him. Everybody loves Santa Claus. Yeah, I like Santa Claus. All right, back to the regular, uh, regular schedule yeah, program. Everyone fat. loves he can Santa stuff Claus, it. but no one wants with... to be Santa Claus. It means you're old and you're fat. 
hey, look, I am to the stage of my life where I am Santa Claus for real. <laughs> like, you believe in Santa Claus, you don't believe in Santa Claus, you become Santa Claus. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Where is Santa Claus? So, Chris, I'm just sorry for the whole, for Corey. Where were we? Skip for where, everybody. Where, where, oh, oh, you said you feel bad for Chris. Well, I don't, I don't to count feel bad out, for Chris. If I mean, you have that bad of a race and you finish on. behind me with no radio button in a homestead, you're. See you next year, pal. Congrats on the finish. Yeah, and, and, needs and some, good points. Yeah, too. beer money. He could my guy next door train Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't even know if. But the off season sometimes gets a little dry. I, you know, I don't even know dry. if they yeah, think yeah, it's that much of a loss. Like for RFK, you've got to think this is a win. Unbelievable year. The turnaround yeah. for that program. I mean, Brad Keselowski's running like top three every week. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And I they mean, got I, another driver to the round of eight. Like. Great, yes. but I don't know that if you go in there, Most like, they, want to be champ- they want to be champions. No, guys, I know. Right? I'm sure yeah, that but, they're, but they're yes. pissed. But I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, like big picture, rock solid I year. think he could win this weekend. Like, I'm not counting him out because – What? Dude, the 17? They, they, won, they won Richmond. Like, they're, they're not – take from Florida. They had a rough race at Homestead, right? But it yeah. couldn't get much different. And if he gets track position and qualifies well and has won a good pit stall, like it's – I'm not like the 17 isn't far fetched for me. There's a reason why he's in the championship eight. Yes, correct. Uh, and they can. And could now, you imagine if? <laughs> oh my God, I'd lose. If, I'd, if it ends, and there's no disrespect. If it ends up being Bell, Busher, and Blaney to round it out against Larson, who had that on their bingo card? Freaking nobody when they filled out their. No offense, but you guys, were, it was just no a speed thing. It was a speed thing. I'm so happy for I you had guys. us penciled in making it a whole time oh, all, I'm sure all the way along. I but know. who had Bell and Busher and Blaney? I'm sorry. You know, what, I wish I wish that, I almost wish Kyle Larson didn't win so it could be all peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blaney, Busher, Bell, and Byron. Maybe Briscoe. Killer bees. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. Killer bees <laughs> heading to Phoenix. Um speaking of killer bees, how about some pit road boats and woes? Oh, let's do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop Put the phone on silent and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? By simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Pit road boats and woes time. Guys, there was a couple woes in the cup race, but first... We want to break down some tape from the truck race, from the dog that got shot to oblivion. Breaking down this, don't know what happened besides there was two inexperienced guys coming down pit road, and the guys that got the short end of the stick were those dogs on pit roads, particularly the tire carrier that took his two tires and got blasted like a Bryce Harper home run over the wall. Run the tape. You break it down. It's not great. Dude, he goes right over the wall. So let's start let's start off with the tire carrier, right? So the one that we all got saw getting carted off was the tire changer who ended up in between the wall and the car. But the one who got launched over the tire carrier, the one that got launched over the pit wall, Tyreek McCord, he's like six four two fifty. Right. And he wasn't even he's like a jack man. I guess it was a double header. Mm-hmm. So from what I understand, like he wasn't even supposed to be on that car that day. They were like, Hey, we need a carrier. Can you just jump in? Yeah, man. First stop, you're getting bounced off the <laughs> light the pole behind the like dude, that's scary. It's bro. it's scary. And that's like okay, so I went through the approval process like earlier in the season to run a modified at Richmond and they were like, Yeah, hey, you don't have enough big car experience and that's fine, no harm, no foul. But I think when we look at the approval but process you're a, little, you're a little sour about it. No, I was fine with it because uh, you're a little sour. Well, 
I mean, but when I look at the approval process for these, you know, kids that are coming into the truck series, Xfinity series, ARCA doesn't have as many pit stops as it once did. Like when you were going ARCA racing, you were live stops, live stops every week. And it's kind of moved away from that. I think there needs to be something that maybe a school or, or a training, like a training day at the pit school where you learn about pit road. And like in that situation, if we run the tape back, the first mistake is that, well, one, the 22 drives right through their box. So there's an orange line there that he's supposed to stay out of. And he completely impedes their pit stop. But this all could have been handled if the 33 stops short. I don't know where the 33 is going. He just blows right through his stall. So I don't know what his cue is. If he misses it, it can't be easy to be running pit road speed, looking at your tack, and then... Hot tires. But then also trying to find your your pit stall. But there's also a point, too, that like these young kids need to understand. They're probably pitting second time by, right? Down a lap. And... It's not i racing where you're just gonna run through and back up. Like there's, you're, there's a car there. If you practice on i racing, you drive through the car in front of you. It doesn't hit. You know you can't get any damage on pit road. Like there's a there's a real life element of like okay, hey, I gotta know what's going on here before I just show up and buy a ride. So I'm not trying to like really crap on them, but so it's who, a really tough so look who, here, and it's it's hard for me to defend so anybody. Who are we, these guys? Memphis, Villarreal. Three career truck starts, making his third, driving for Josh Rayum. A couple mistakes. One, my man doesn't have – this is probably his, I don't know, third pit stop in his entire life down pit road. Right? Mason let's, let's Maggio call, doesn't help him at all. Mason Maggio driving the 22 is driving right through his box, so it jams up his pit crew, guys. But yeah, he comes just, in – They had nowhere to like go. Like John Force, bro. They had nowhere to go, and it's just like – It starts with the 22 for sure. It starts with the and 22. the 33 probably couldn't really uh, see. But, but no, the he came in It's not the 22's too. fault. You're, no, you're right. Like, if you were racing for the win there, like, yeah. you want to you want to shadow those guys back, and it's the guy in second's job to leave a gap so his guys can get out in front. thousand percent. Now, but, if they were going duck pin bowling, my man Memphis got a perfect strike. Well, the reason that you – the reason that they didn't get out there is because the 22 was there, right? If if he's going to blow along, you're just – and the 22's not there, you just run the other side of the car, watch him go along, yeah. and you push him back. But one, he didn't leave a gap, so they jump. The 22, obviously, he didn't drive straight through their box, but he cut through it, so that should have been a penalty. But the fact that he went long there is just like, okay, we need to have – I feel we need to have some sort of pit road training because, like, on the track – is one thing, right? Yeah. But we have stuff instilled on the track to where safer barriers, sand barrels, better seats, better safety equipment. But when you get on pit road, and pit road is an essential part, right? The last thing you want to do is have them take pit stops away Yeah. for safety. But there needs to be some safety training. And there might already be. I don't know. I've never had to go to safety training for trucks or Xfinity or anything. But there needs to be some pit road safety training that goes along with getting these kids approved. I'm not trying to the crap on Memphis, but obviously he doesn't really understand everything that's going on here. And he shouldn't. He's only three races in to his career. But hopefully it's a big learning moment. But yeah, I mean. So who was the, the carrier that got smashed into? So there's two. There's carrier holding two tires. He got launched over the wall. Bro, he got the rear changer of the 22 too. Because oh, he blew through his box. It's just, cut, it's just cut off right here. Yeah, and then, bow, bow. and then, but if you see, when Tyreek gets blown over the wall like that, his tire goes too and hits another guy behind the wall. Mm. So like, how bad were the injuries, Ryan? From what I, under, from what I understand, oh. Corey Seelig, and right there you see him getting carted off. He, I mean, he's a two hundred pound guy that just got ragdolled, but I believe he broke some ribs and a pelvis. That so no I, joke, I think he had to go into surgery. But Dude. it's tough. It's tough for Josh Rayum. It's tough for their whole, their whole, um, you know, just organization. Well, I'm sure NASCAR's taking it seriously. And Wayne Auten was filling in a series director at Homestead. And Wayne has been around a very long time. This is not the first. In, I mean, we go back to Charlie Plank, another guy in a truck. Thank God he was great to go. Yeah. But, and a championship guy driving that truck, right? Yeah. So we're seeing some pretty significant impacts to human life on pit road in the truck series. And I'm sure NASCAR's going to gather up the boys and. Well, it's a dangerous job too, right? Out. I didn't become a pit crew guy because I was worried about my safety. <laughs> Right, I wasn't like I need a good safe job. We're I'm gonna jump out in front of race cars over for a living. A pit wall, though, like especially that pit wall. It's huge. That, like that's yeah, the biggest. Did. That's the biggest pit wall that we go to. But yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, it's it's just tough for everybody involved. And Hope I, he's okay. Obviously, it's a it's it's a little bit frustrating as a picker guy towards the driver, but I would say that you know we use the, the way that we get better from this instead of just harping on the mistake is like I said, we look into pit road training for young for rookies that are coming into the to these new series. Because they're not getting in an arc anymore, as or, much as they used to. Or you pick four or five arc races a year that have live stops that you have to go do it to get checked off to go be a truck driver. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, as the sport progresses, it's like, okay, these kids aren't getting live stops in arc anymore. Now we need to, now this. Now I just hope we don't it. go to like untimed stops. Breaks. Yeah, no. because yeah, that, that takes too. so much out of, and I know it would be very cost effective for the teams and truck teams want to save every cent they can, but. I hope that's not the direction that we go is to find a solution because it is one of the most exciting elements in NASCAR racing. I don't care what series. For sure. And I don't think that there's chatter about that. Obviously, there's standalone races for trucks. They do hot dog breaks, which I could, we could also, we could all make a strong argument that it doesn't help the show at all. But especially companion races, we need to have yeah. pit crew guys down there because those are the dogs for sure. So what was that old boy's name? One more time. Memphis. No. That, he was not uh, Corey Seelag is the one that got hurt, and then Tyreek McCord is Great the one that name. got launched over the pit wall. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's one of the worst ones I've seen. I've never seen – I haven't seen somebody get launched over pit road like that, especially, a, that was like impressive. I said, a 250-pound dude. But glad that they're all going to be on the mend and, and uh, their dogs, so they'll be back on pit road soon. But they're not the dogs of the week. They are not the dogs of the week. Got to fast forward to Sunday to meet. They're the dogs, the dogs of, the of the day on Saturday. They were, I but mean, they ain't the dogs of the week. They had it. They, they earned it. It was a rough day. Rough day for them on Saturday. But yeah, are you we, FF rough? Sunday we saw the pace was down a little bit. The six car had really been laying it down. They they took a log off the fire. The two car wins the day. Hmm. Maybe, maybe my favorite pit crew on pit road. Why is that? They were. I was on that team. They were my teammates for a long time. I got moved to the 12 car. Obviously, it made them better because they were P1 on, on the on pit road this weekend. Uh, they, yeah, I think they had they had a low nine average. They did uh, the first eight that we've done in house at Penske. So super excited for them. They they've had you know it's been a tough year for the two bunch missing the playoffs and um, they've they've really focused on on just being a great pit crew and figuring out where they can pick up time for themselves. So when the car performance comes back around, they're ready for it. And, and to be able to go and be P1, I think when you look at the beginning of the season, there's a couple races that you circle as a pit crew guy, and Homestead's one of them where you're like four tires all day. I want to be P1 there, Darlington, Coke 600. And uh, for them to to go there and crush the day, that was huge for them. So Shot them out. Who are they? Who? My favorite guys. First and foremost, front tire changer, Keiston France. I think he's maybe the hardest working tire changer that I've ever seen. Dog. Uh, yeah, he, he gets after it. Jesse Mills. Dog. Maybe one of the best humans I've ever met in my life. He's Jeffrey Earnhardt's uh, like best friend. Hmm. They just do like they, do they go stick their hand down they just yeah. holes and pull out catfish? Hey man, when uh when noodle called me a forty pounder with my forearm. <laughs> yeah, big it, noodle and fan. I only lost two fingers, but it was worth it. Yep. I threw uh, it back. Poppy Chulo, Pat Gray, Monmouth University, New Jersey's own. Dang. Pat Gray. Jersey dog. Pit crew Pat. Stud. One of my best friends. Steven Talgis. You know how people from Wisconsin sometimes get a bad rep for being weird? That one's correct. Steven, Steven Talgis is one of the people that's weird from Wisconsin. Weird Abs dog. Absolute stud of a, of a, um, of a rear tire changer and... Uh, He's been around a long time and, you know, a guy that was really good at five lugs that made the transition over to one lug and it's just continues to crush it. He does a signature kick of the bumper when the car's leaving. And like two does weeks ago, two weeks ago, he went to go kick the oh, bumper and Pat didn't, Pat didn't pull the jack out and he stepped on the jack and fell. It was, he was pretty mad about it. Uh, but he's can't win them all. No. And then maybe a guy that I've been with for her more than half my career, Andrew Lackey, the gas man. He was an avid fisherman, watched one season of Yellowstone. Now he owns a horse farm in the mountains of North Carolina. Wow. He's just, uh, he's, he's got the pants that are like so starched and pressed that when you take them off, they just stand by themselves. He works in <laughs> the right he, place. Cowboy he, dog. He's uh, yeah. he, Ga Gastonia's own. He's from Gastonia? That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Right. No, he's from a town called Kayser, but it's close enough to Gastonia. I'd claim that. But yeah, he's, 
he's definitely one of the best gas men on pit road. He's won, you know, he won all the Xfinity. He's probably won five or six Xfinity championships. Daytona 500. He's he's one of the guys that is just a, a top notch in his position. So big up to those guys. They've been grinding it out, and I'm pumped for them. You know, I I spend a lot of time with them. I spend hell. It feels like sometimes I spend more time with those guys than my own family. So I've you know, it's it's always awesome to see your teammates succeed. So how certain is it? at this point of the year that you know that who you're pitting with right now is who you're going to be pitting at the Daytona 500 with. I don't think you ever, I don't think you ever know that. Right. Because you you can never tell like, does somebody get hurt? And then you put a young kid in and he outperforms and it's like, Oh, okay, this is a little bit better fit. Hey, I don't know. We're going to probably use this kid or, you know, do people move on? Is there contract stuff that comes up? I'd say at our place, it's, we're pretty locked into who we have. And I think our, like there was a gas man on the, on the 21 that was like going to go, do other things and Bones is like hey I want to work on you know I'm gonna I want my team for next year so we can start working together now so like if you're gonna go do something else that's fine we'll use the next guy in line uh, I think that happens quite a bit with a lot of teams especially at our place like if you're gonna leave then just leave and we'll you know start getting ready for next year yeah I, I, I don't see many changes coming but you're one week away one injury away well and you're also like right now the consequences are huge like in the playoffs, wheels fall off, loose wheels. Like, like you're too, you're all, I feel like as a picker guy, you're always two weeks away from losing your job, right? Cause like, it's, it's never certain. It's just like being an NFL kicker, but it's like, I feel like the, the pressure of the playoffs, I was thinking about this cause like, it's the pressure of the playoffs is pretty immense and it, it gets mounted every time you move like to the next round. And as a pick crew guy in the playoffs, it's like being a field goal kicker with, your season on the line every time every time you do a pit stop right yeah. like that's what it is it's like all right kicker go get it through the uprights right yeah, you have one and job and, and it's and it's you know it's it's 19 to 20 and you got to get it through there you know yeah. and and if you get it through you win the race well it's like you get it through and then you move on to the next one you get it through because at any time like even with a kicker right if they miss a field goal in the first half it's not going to like you can't directly point at that and say that's why we lost the game right but you can if you have a bad pit stop in the first stage right you don't get stage points you can directly look at that and say okay that yeah, we have bad stuff. Or, or you know, you lose, you lose position. So it's. Speaking of the twenty-one, what happened to Harrison Burton? Finished dead last. He blew up. Never mentioned on the broadcast ever. Never heard a thing Look, about. Look, he helped it. us win the second stage, what but he blew up early. Must have been. It was the end of the second stage because he pushed us by Larson. Yeah, about yeah. But then they were they were blown up, and I think it kind of shows you a code. So like they pitted at the end of the stage, and they were like, "Okay, this thing's blown up. Okay. Let's just go to the garage." Yeah. Yeah. So. That was their day. Rough um, day. They've been they they've definitely it seems like him and Bowen's are meshing. They seem yeah. like they're doing better and obviously Wilson's doing a good job with his team too. Yeah. Dogs of the week. Dogs. That's it. Undeniable. This week could be this week could be a funky week. Martinsville is gonna be there's gonna be a lot to look forward to on Saturday. Right? You're gonna there's it's a tough pit road. You can really get into a a, a bind if you don't have a good qualifying position to be able to pick a good pit stall. I think there's only six openings. So if you got to qualify in the top six, we're like Homestead this there's weekend. There's openings. Yeah, you know, there's it's one of the places where it's really tight. Pit boxes are really tight. It's not as hard as far as pit stops go because the cars are going slower. So like Charlotte, where the pit road speed's like 50 or 55, and the pit boxes are small, it's a little bit more challenging to get out there. But like Martinsville, the pit road speed's a little bit slower. Uh, so you're just you feel like you're on top of each other all day but if you can qualify well and get yourself an opening out or a really good pit stall it'll really pay dividends um and pit stall ones i've said it once i've said it a hundred times here it's a trap right it happened to us with a two car it happened to 41 Easy to earlier speak. in the season they've moved pit stall one back to being pit stall two and it's just enough uh, launch room where you can launch and speed at the end of pit road and it's a super challenging pit stall because you're around the corner so you can't see your car coming uh so you sometimes you tend to be late jumping also in the corners, the pit boxes go from flat and right at the line, they kick up to being banked. Mm. So you can be doing a lot of your work on uneven, like on uneven surface, uh, which isn't really bad for a front changer, but the ch the carriers that are running up there, they would almost drop the tire off, run uphill, and then you're running downhill and it's kind of pushing you into the car. Uh, so we were in 40, I think, uh, the last time we were here and it gets really congested down there. So it's, uh, it's definitely... Besides the first one, what's the... Next three best boxes. Man, I can't tell all these people. 
I think, yeah, I think there's stuff on the front stretch. I would I would go out and say that if I could pick, if I qualified on the pole and I was a crew chief, I'd probably pick ten. That's the last it's opening, the last one on opening the, out. It's the opening out on the front stretch. The one we were at with your modified. Yeah, we won the race. Yeah, we about lost the lap in pit road, so that wasn't oh. it wasn't the box. Corey's selection. gonna swipe it from you. What ten? Yeah. yeah, hopefully in qualify good. I'm not. I'm not picking it. I'm just saying. If I, I'm not a crew chief. It's well above my pay grade. I don't have. Let me just go He's on here and say this. Right I have absolutely no say on what pit stall we take. I just graciously go to the pit box, set the pit stall up, and try to do my best pit stops. That's right. Yeah, it's well out of my jurisdiction. It's a good but, question though. But if we, if you qualify fifth and we qualify sixth, man, and ten's not taken. Leave it for us. I'll relay that message to Sparks. It's okay. above my pay grade, too. Thanks. All right. So, Penny Stacker of the Week or Penny for your thoughts? Penny for your thoughts questions because I want to give the Penny Stacker of the Week ample time because they have earned their right. When we come back? Sure. Stay with us. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Time now for Penny for your thoughts. We love getting your questions. Keep them coming. This one from Tyler C. Turner. The GOAT. With Josh Berry making seven starts and hosts of ours scheduled for eight, are they both ineligible to run for Rookie of the Year in Cup in 2024? You know, I don't really think that we have a very good idea what dictates if you're a rookie or not. Do you want to know why that is? Sure. Tell me. Because now you sound very excited. No, NASCAR has not publicly ever stated what that number of starts is. I thought they did. It's I thought like it was a, seven. They say it's a case-by-case basis. I, what's that supposed to mean? Well, it changed when you could declare points, right? Like when, right. You, when you declare yeah. points for what series, I think that I think that that's got something to do with it. And like when you fall in the situations like this year where Carson Hosevar right gets an opportunity, what's he going to do? Say, Let me, no, I'm not going to drive that because I'm gonna, I want to be wanna rookie con- of the year. Yeah, so – uh, yeah, let me ref- let me put it out there like this. I think Josh Berry and Car- Carson Hosevar should be able to contend for rookie of the year. For all intents and purposes, they are rookies. Well, they're going to be claiming cup points for the first time in their career. Okay. And I think NASCAR looks at a situation where you're filling in for an injured driver and have been called up very differently. Like I don't think they counted against you as much. Okay. So I think not that Carson was. Noah's situation was a bit different than Chase Elliott's. Um, and Alex Bowman, but Josh Berry's situation, I think, because he was called up due to injury. Is Ty Gibbs a rookie this year? He is. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson. Okay. So that battle took care of itself. Um, John Hunter Nemechek obviously will not be eligible. He already ran a year cup. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would imagine it's these these two. I would I agree with you. I think NASCAR will give status to them both. Yeah. Who do you like there? Yeah, I was going to say, then it becomes, what do you guys think? Then it becomes a good little battle. I mean, I know Stuart Haas Racing is down and out. He's replacing Harvick in the four. Hosevar is uh, red hot right now and anything he gets in. Um, he'll be an Aspire machine replacing Ty Dillon. So who do you guys like there? Is Dale Jr. running next year? Because he wrecked Josh Berry this weekend from what I understand. <laughs> Drove straight into him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that was rough. As much as I, as much as, as I've paid attention... Like in his truck series, I think Phil Gould's really good, and I think he's got good people around him. I think he's taken the forty-two to the next level. So like, I don't, I don't want to bet against Cars and Hosevar right now. Like I think he's doing really well. Yeah, he's got confidence and Stuart Haas. Fast. Like I like I truly hope that like Stuart Haas is gonna. They have good people there. They are gonna make. I I hope in my brain that they are gonna make some big shifts in the off season. That Ford is obviously gonna come out with some new parts for their car. And I, I hope it's a big pickup for Storehouse next year. So we'll see what that transition, you know, to Spire is. I hope that host. I'm going Hosevar. Yeah, but he's your teammate. Yeah. I'll go Hosevar too, bro. Thanks, man. Make it three. Let's go. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going both. I'm going both Spire. I guess all three Spire cars above three out of the four Storehouse cars next year. 
Someone asked uh, Denny Hamlin, where do you expect? Wait, is Zane Smith a Zane Smith? He's his third too? Spire Cup. But he'll be a rookie too. Zane no? Smith would oh, be a they, yeah, there's rookie another, as well. Yeah. Mm. That would be a good rookie. Well, in-house rivalry. Little rookie yeah. on rookie have to get action. in between the kids. Watch children. Out, yeah. children. Stop. I'm not going to put Corey in the middle of that. I'm not going to put him on the hot seat and ask him to choose between his teammates and the rookie of the year battle who wins out. I don't know. Both those guys are really good. Because Zane has a couple cup starts under his belt, too. I know that he's ran the 500, a couple RWR starts, yep. a Roush start, start Roush last start. year. Yeah, Gateway so. was crushing it. They all have around a half dozen. Um, next question, Jeremy Sparks asks, Corey, as you continue to run further towards the front, do you actively pursue running in other series like Xfinity to close the gap on racecraft at the front of these races, especially with restarts being so critical? I mean, there's a whole lot of financial aspects to try to work out, to try to jump in a car that's capable of running in the top five and competing for wins. And there's just very limited amount of cars that can do that. They're the only cars that you can find a sponsor for 150 grand at least to go jump into, whether it's the Hendrick car or an extra junior motorsports car, but the it's just really hard to, to find something that's good. And then also expect to jump in something and, and compete in the first week for a win. So I think that's a common misconception because you're a Spire Cup driver and Spire runs in other series that you are free to jump into an Xfinity or truck at will when you want to. Yeah, that's not the case. Uh, somebody's got to pay for it. And it's hard for me to ask my partners that we show a lot of value to on the cup side to you know spend the same amount for an Xfinity or a truck and get a very small percentage of what they get back for the cup car. So yes, would I like to do more races and, you know, get some national series wins under my belt? Absolutely. But hasn't been in the cards in the last eight years and I don't expect it to be. A Does Spire come to you and ask if you want to? It's more of like, Hey, do you know anybody that want to pay for a couple of truck races? And the answer is no. And then we just don't talk about it anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Is there anything that's more cost effective? So like I asked that with Larson running sprint cars every week. He's making money doing that, though. Mm -hmm. And I asked that with William Byron running, you know, super late models. I know that when Tony, when I worked for Tony and he would go run World Outlaw stuff, like Tony was a known poor restarter. He he would he could race and, and have great racecraft, but like his restarts weren't very good. When he would be racing sprint cars every week, his restarts would be better because you got to, those things are so error dependent. You got to f***ing get it on a restart. Yeah. So he would just be inevitably better when he came back to the cup series or something that more is like more cost effective that you would go run like, and I'm not going back to the snowball derby with you, but is there something that's more cost effective that you would go run maybe 10 races a year? In? I'd love to do 10 super races a year. What about the mod, did the modified help you at all when you go do it or not? I really? think if anything, it just helps you with confidence, right? You show up and you can win and get a grandfather clock for the house always gives you some, some confidence, but you're only as good. I mean, Chris Bell really hammered it this weekend. You're only good as the car you're sitting in, right? And you can be as good as 25th one run and they can work on it and you can turn around and be a cup. You can be a winner. So he gave a lot of credit to his crew. And I think that whether you race six times a week or whether you race one time a week, the horse you're sitting on a Sunday afternoon has to be pretty strong if you want to go compete for wins in the cup series. He said 80 or 90% car, 10, 20% he driver. He beats that drum in Every interview he does, like that is his, he will put that on his tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thanks for the guys back. Christopher Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Such and such and such and such. Yeah, he said Thanks 60% the guys back the car in dirt racing, 40% driver, but cut, like asphalt racing, he said just in, in general, asphalt racing is 90% car, 10% driver, I think is what I heard him say on Cluck's podcast. Hmm. Yeah. he. Which <laughs> is, a, I mean, that's, hey, look, but at this level- the driver has a very big input on making the car go good because your yeah. feet, your feedback, you're the only one that's feeling what the car is doing. So you got to put the pen to paper to yeah. your crew chief and your team <clears throat> to make it better. For so. sure. And you got to stay engaged throughout the course of the day and not give up and roll over. He had every opportunity to do that. Right. And you're also working on the simulator and you're spending countless hours trying to talk over it. It's not just like, well, the 90% car is f***ed up today. Like the hay's in the barn by about Wednesday after you sim for six hours. And that's usually where the money's made, right? So that's why that preparation's even more important as ever. So continue to fire over your hashtag penny for your thoughts. Yeah. Questions. Good ones this week. And now time for drum roll, please. A very, very special edition of Penny Sacker of the Week. All right, guys. We have had several people 
make t-shirts, make signs, hats even. People buy some merch. But we have never, ever in the history of a podcast had somebody permanently emblazon themselves with the opening riff, gasoline, rubber, and victory on their forearm. But by God, the penny stacker of the year candidate and winner is Hannah DiMartino. Wall Stadium. Holy. My girl went all in. Hey, it's a cool tattoo. Ink, baby. Put Put the photo up there, Sean. Show them. Gasoline, rubber, and victory is the opening of the show. In addition to stacking them deep, selling them cheap, I was referring to when I said that the nothing but the tastiness of a Martinsville hot dog wrapped in some aluminum foil. So I'm glad that she has that saying on her forearm forever. And it takes dedicated listeners like Hannah to keep this show on the road. Amen. How many? How many? So there's still potential. There's still to time. dethrone her. Yeah, for penny we have co- the year. for penny sacker. What talked- do you get if you're penny sacker? But the, the threshold T-shirt? bar. What do we? Yeah. What are you? Gonna, you giving away some swag? What are you doing? Good question. You have a merch it, line. Your merch line is strong. How about this? We got some sweet merch. We also have some sweet stacking pennies, Yeti. Yeah. Or not Yetis. Arctics. Yep. Yeah. I might Edit even give. That out. I might. Yes. We even have some sweet stacking penny Arctic tumblers. I believe if you emblazon your body with a permanent tattoo, yeah. you deserve. Cooler. Yeah, something. Uh, You got to give her something. And we were thinking this. At the end of the season, we were going to do a Stacking Pennies award show. So, like, not Dog of the Week, but Dog of the Year. Penny Stacker, not of the Week, but of the Year. So I feel like we already have this one in the bag. Yeah, she she already might have locked it up with two to go. She's like Kyle Larson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you're already going that far. You You think he's a lock for Phoenix? Well, Larson locked in. Larson Lockett. Oh, you're yeah. talking about I was, you're talking about in Phoenix. I'm talking Hopefully about Forza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully no. she doesn't hit any sand barrels on the Jersey Turnpike this year. <laughs> yeah. Watch where you're going. So, wow, that's dedication. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of dedicated listeners, people listening with their kids on the way to school. Appreciate that. You guys have ink? I got I got a bait house in my arm. He has a long dunk silvers on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> that right thing's there. for Johnny the Merriman. Uh, we'll get into that another day. The last thing my grandmother told me before she passed away was don't get a tattoo. You got For tattoos? Real? You have any yeah. tattoos? She said that? That was the last thing she said. Wow. You have tattoos? It wasn't with her dying yeah. breath, but she told me that like, you know, a couple <laughs> days. Whatever you do. Corey. She said, don't get a, don't get a tattoo on that precious little body. Oh. Yes? I got, I got Grandma? two of them. Yeah, I can't. I'm 14. I'm get more. I got two. I'm going to get some more. You, you seem like you going to get a, a Arby's s- on the other arm? Maybe. You guys seem, you seem, I could see you like a sleeve guy. Yeah, maybe I don't see where life get goes. Stacking them deep and selling them cheap, and yes. you might you might be able to get penny stacker of the year. Yes. Now, <laughs> hashtag dotw dog, of, dog the week. of the week. If you were to get dog of the week tattoo, what kind of dog caricature do you put on there? Uh, not getting a dog. Or would you like a put like hero a Georgia a bulldog like, or like, like a Rottweiler uh, with a with a spike collar? Yes, with a chain. Ooh, yeah. Maybe. With a, with a kickball I, I remember Or a dog a wearing a half name? shell. What was the spotter's name? Uh, <laughs> That's what we need. With spotter that That's used to it. spot That's for Kenseth. That's the Kenseth. logo. He used to spot for Kenseth. Um, Frank. Frank. Matt. Uh, no, yeah. I saw him in, I saw him public celebrity. Yes, yeah, C. It starts with a C. We're going to win the Daytona 500 again. That guy. Oh, he would, would get every big race and like. <laughs> tattooed big, on his calf. Yeah, tattoo on his calf. Like Daytona 500 on his calf. Xfinity champion on his calf. What is that freaking guy's name? I don't know. He'd be mad if you didn't know. Chuck said Austin Dillon in my ear. He doesn't get it on his calf. He got it on his ass cheek. Those guys all went yeah. and got Daytona 500 tattoos on their ass cheeks after that. Sparks went. has a Daytona 500 ass cheek tattoo. I yeah. doubt I'll ever have children, but even that I wouldn't. There's, I'm not, we're not doing ink. Not here. Gosh, why? what's that guy's Can't name? Can't do it. Damn it. He's from Long Island. We're going to win the Daytona 500. I, I saw him in Publix the other day. I saw his calf before I saw his, I'm like, oh, yep. I know who that guy is. It's something with a C, I think. Sure. Um, Brandy and ink guy? No. No tattoos for Big Rand. Just like seven five <laughs> on his arm. Yes. On his chest. <laughs> I don't know what I would get. Mike Kalanoff. Mike Kalanoff. Mike Kalanoff. Yep. Shout out Big Mike. Wow. That's that's commitment. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm I don't hate it. If, if I won, won the twenty five hundred, I'd probably get a tattoo too. If we win the championship this year the championship this year. Oh. I'm not getting a tattoo. Oh, you're not? Gonna, no. Why? Hang on. Let me. Come let me on. Can I build a case? Yes. Like if r- running an Ironman is, c- I haven't 
inked it on my bucket list, but it's kind of like, mm, I would think about it once racing's over. I feel like if I ran an Ironman, I would get the Ironman tattoo on your calf. I feel like that's just like a rite of passage. Really? Oh, is that like a thing they do? Like, even though my I had the scrawny, I like, wish I had like Shane Van Gisbergen's calves, I would have to have like a small, super small logo as small as my calves are, but I still get the logo. I didn't know that, that people did that when they did yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. They'll get the little little M ah, thing with wow. the little circle on top. I don't need like a like if I if we win. But if I won the Cup Series championship, I believe I'd get a tattoo. Like what was I gonna say? I won the Cup Series championship. <laughs> yeah, twenty <laughs> like, twenty. Like I could see maybe getting seven. like a like a like a like a little bit seven like a little trophy. With like pennies under it. And I don't then know, like, like it's super popular. I see no, I see I'd a probably lot of... get it under my eye, like a teardrop no. of the Bill France trophy. Okay, yeah. post Malone. Like jo- like jelly roll? No. Like jelly roll. We're yeah. off the we're, we're You do love jelly roll. Listen, if we I'll make you a deal. If we win the Cup Series championship, you have to get a Bucky's tattoo. Nuck if you, you buck. Get, you gotta get the Bucky above your it's above a terrible your knee. bet. Yeah, and then if I if but that's on the short list of things that I would get. If you lose and you don't win a championship, you have to get hornets, like <laughs> in purple and teal. Yeah, but the, the old lukewarm tattoo. The old school hornets t- tattoo is or logo is yeah. kind of gangster. I know. Yeah, I like uh, the colors too. The whole thing. And it's a vibe. You know who else is gangster? Our listeners, our penny stackers, each and every week. Continue yeah. to like, rate, share, rate, review all the things. Appreciate you guys. Uh, listening to Spare Change with us on Sunday mornings, digging into our interviews. We've been doing a lot of stuff, grinding super hard to give you guys the best possible content that we are capable of giving, and I hope you're enjoying it. Only a couple more races left, guys. Two more to go, and this next one locks in our championship contenders. Who's this going to be going to the paper clip? This is Stacking Pennies, guys. Appreciate you guys. We are presented by Mobile One. Keep on. Stag and pins. <laughs>